What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 19 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I am joined today by All-American out of Ohio State University, Kenny Kortz. How are things going today in Watertown, Kenny? Great, great. Watertown, everything's lovely. Sun's out. Sun's out. Not too much snow, so it's a, it's a good day up here. Yeah. Good day. I mean, we're 30 minutes north, 40 minutes north of you, and yeah, it's it's like 40. It's kind of a heat wave today. Yeah, Absolutely. So, uh, as mentioned, you were wrestled out of Ohio State. You you started your journey, though, in Pennsylvania. Uh, take us back to the beginning. How did you get introduced to the sport of wrestling? Wow, that's a that's a great question. Uh, a lot of people that followed PA wrestling sort of know, knows of my dad, uh, Ken Court Sr. I'm not really a junior, but Ken Court Sr. And uh, he got me started before I even knew what sports were, to be honest. So I was out on the mat before maybe like four or five before I even had a pick of what sports I liked, I was wrestling. So just starting with that, my daddy was a big, big sports dad. He had a lot of, a lot of different guys. I ended up coaching multiple state champs, but just from day one, just grinding two practices a day, you know, PA traveling everywhere, Saturday, you know, Jersey, Sunday, Delaware, um, just any way to get, get, uh, get matches sort of similar, like, like we do up here but in PA yeah it was it was it was a lot of dedication so that's how I started five five years old in the basement with my dad the Pupplemans um Delagos all those CD guys so we all started together just grinding together and you know turned down the road you know about 10 years later 11 years later we're all in the state finals and and so it's just a lot of hard work a lot a lot of time with you know my dad and other coaches MPA. So that's, that's how it all started. Yeah. So you mentioned CD, uh, you grew up wrestling for a solid program, district three powerhouse central dolphin. Uh, you competed for your neighboring school, Susquehanna township during junior high, but between the two programs, you had a lot of success making your name known, well-known in PA and in the Northeast with multiple PYW and PJW titles. Uh, so like coming from PA where you can't compete on varsity in seventh and eighth grade. I mean, I realized some, wrestlers might be ready to compete during varsity or on varsity during those years. But, uh, you know, how beneficial is it for the state to have a structured junior high season? Um, wow. That's a good, that's a good question, man. Cause this one can go either way. That's a good question. Cause people feel very different and polar opposites about, you know, the middle school schedule in PA. A lot of people opt out, um, and do club wrestling. Right. A lot of people opt out and do that for me competing in Susquehanna because I knew that we were going to, you know, relocate Uh, for me competing for Susquehanna, my middle school team. It was sort of like, you know, I grew up in Susquehanna and I loved those guys and it would it helped out the program. You know what I mean? They had someone that was good and tough and it was like, he, he, you know, he'll he'll put the, the competitive side down for a second and come do the team and do the tradition and travel and sort of help out those guys um but it just depends on what you're looking at right so i i i liked it for the fun aspect now was it the best i mean you know close to the our big tournaments i we went back to our club and then we got ready for that two three months of the year but honestly during my middle school year i was losing to kids that i would then go and beat at pjw's six months later you know Mm -hmm. so it 
so I mean, it, it was great for the tradition and whatnot. But honestly, I think when people go and opt out and they travel to these um, different tournaments and, and train with their club, I think that's honestly the, the best option. But when you're young in seventh and eighth grade, sometimes you have to keep wrestling fun. Right. So in seventh grade, if my dad was like, oh, no, you can't you can't wrestle with your middle school alma mater. You have to go and travel and, and do this. You know, maybe that wouldn't have been the best thing. But um, up here in up here in New York, the seventh and eighth graders, they're up. They're up in the um, up in the high school. And I think that's wicked. I mean, I, I feel I feel like a lot of seventh graders would have a tough time competing in, in PA. Because I remember, you know, in ninth grade, Jordan Oliver was weighing 98 pounds. And he was, you know, he was had Walter Puppelman in his bracket. And um, uh, I think Pataki, not Pataki, um, I can't think of his name. But, yeah, I think that, I think in PA that would be tough as well. But I think middle school, it's, it's, it can go both ways. I see both sides of it, and I can't really choose one or the other. But I think they're both, both a solid solution. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm on both sides of it as well. I lived in uh, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania for like half a year, a few years ago. And uh, I went to a few of their matches. And you know, even right. reading the, the newspaper, like you, you see the junior high results on there. And they're structured where, you know, you have dual meets and whatnot that are actual set weight classes. And it's just, it's kind of nice to see because up here or even in New York, the I think the junior high level is just kind of a step backwards, kind of from where, the youth is because a lot of youth places in uh, the North country, I mean, the North country itself actually had a league where, you know, you're wrestling in a set weight class and it kind of was frontier frontier league. Well, before that, it was the Northern New York youth wrestling league. Actually, it's something my dad uh, started, I think back in 2000 and or 2010, maybe 2011. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of studs that are, have graduated. Micah Rose, you know, he was in it when he was a peewee and, and a lot of the other guys that have placed in one states, and uh, th- then you know, modif- modified in, in New York itself is just kind of a step back, and then taking that step right. to varsity. So, yeah, right. It is. It is. A, I didn't want to say that because you, the way you asked me, it was like I thought you wanted me to support it. You know, what no, do you no, think no, about? Yeah. I you didn't know. know I see both sides. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But I love that Michael Rose kid. He's a good kid. Oh yeah, he is. Love him. So uh, in the fall of two thousand seven during your freshman year of high school, you went on to uh, the Super 32 tournament, really putting the country on notice, taking second place, losing to Ohio's Colin Palmer in the finals four to two. Uh, at that time, Palmer had already won two Ohio State titles, and you haven't even wrestled the varsity match yet as a freshman in high school. So was it after that tournament, did you realize you were ready to have the success on the varsity level? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, coming from, you know, my background, it wasn't, I already won five PJW state titles. So even before that, I was putting so much pressure on myself um, to be ready for the high school. And crazy story about before that tournament, I remember um, I had a bad practice and this was before in the year, two years before I tried to enter as a seventh grader. And I lost uh, to a kid from Christiansburg. I forget his name, but he was tough. And uh, so before this tournament, Super 32, big tournament, I'm in my bedroom. I'm crying. I'm like, Dad, leave me alone. I'm not good enough. I'm not ready. Balling my eyes out. Before this tournament, this was, this was two days before the tournament, right, before I had this crazy debut. So it's wild you say that. My dad's like, you can do anything, you know, you put your mind to. 
And I remember that day, like, like it was yesterday. And then I went on and had a, a crazy, crazy tournament. And then after that, things just started rolling. Then I, I had a big win against uh, what Dylan Alton right after that. Boom. And then I won beast of the East. Boom. And that was when my dad had me running like a machine. You know I mean? I was a machine. I was, you know, 15, you know, 135. So after that, yeah, after that, it, after I, I seen that I could compete at that level, I sort of gained my confidence and, and, and yeah, everything after that is, is history as far as high school goes. So with that, with that performance and on top of your youth accolades that you mentioned, you were high, highly touted going into your high school season. In your freshman campaign, you win the Beast of the East, as you mentioned, at 135 pounds. And uh, before the, an injury in that tournament, you know, stopped your season and, you know, ended your shot at possibly being a four-time state champ. Uh, how did you deal with that injury uh, putting you out for the rest of the season? Uh, it, it's so long ago, but I just remember being in the doctor's office. I was crying and crying and crying. And because we worked so hard, I was I was training my ass off at that age, training, training so hard. And I just was I was bawling, bawling my eyes out. It was it was it was a tough it was a tough thing. And they decided it was a meniscus and they decided to repair it since I was so young. But and you know what? Now looking back, at because I do have a little bit of arthritis, that probably was the best decision. I was going to say looking back, maybe if they would have just snipped it, because since then I've had three the, the meniscus is out at this point. You know, so uh, when I was 15, they decided to repair it. And that, that's what kept me out for six months instead of just snipping it out, which I've gotten on both knees multiple times. But, yeah, that was, that was a tough blow. And I, I just spent that that winter watching my watching my um, wrestling teammates and, and lifting and getting ready for the next year. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that year Central Dolphin won a PIAA state title as a team. So moving on to your sophomore season, you're up at 160 pounds, where you're able to compete in your first PIAA state tournament at Giant Center in Hershey, PA. You enter the tournament 40 and three with two majors and a decision in the semis over the snapper James Fleming to reach the finals against the returning state champ, Jake Kemmer, where you lost four to two, finishing second in the state. Though you didn't finish where you want to, how did finishing second in the state and having Central Dolphin go back to back winning another team title feel? Uh, it, it was tough. It was definitely tough. I didn't think going in, I, I thought I could really win. I got the first takedown, but this is my first year up with the, the big boys. You know, when you're at 35, you're wrestling sophomores, juniors, a couple seniors. But when you go up to 160, all right, now as a sophomore and, you know, Jay Kemmer, I don't know if you know, he's ripped. So I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't really go in there expecting to win like I, like I should have. So I was, I was upset. Of course, of course I was crushed. I was crushed, but it, it wasn't like, it wasn't really as devastating as it, as it should have been, but it definitely propelled me that next year and next summer to really, really grind. It was like, all right, I'm getting a state title next year. So it stung, but, but it was my first time up with the, those dudes. And, and I beat a, I beat a couple of tough kids at that tournament and placed higher than some good, really good guys. So it was, it was an all right tournament. Yeah. So uh, that brings us to in your junior season, you move up once again to 171 pounds and with a 38 and 0 record entering Hershey, you pin your way to the finals and finish with a six to four decision over fellow D3 Tristan Warner. I mean, it has to be a memorable win to win that state title going back to back with, I assume your practice partner, senior Marshall Peppelman 
who had just won his third title at 160. What was the experience like to be 12 miles away from your high school and uh, having the, the Rams in full force in Giant Center? Those were great times. Those were absolutely great times, great memories. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing. Great, great times being right at home at the Giant Center. You know, I mean, we were we were big. Central Dolphin was big, and we were competing, competing well. So that was just a good time to be be a Ram at that point. That was that was a good that was a good tournament. Marshall, that's that's like family. So we were we were just rolling at that point. So that was that was good. That was a good year. Good had year. you wrestled so Warner? Good. Had you wrestled Warner uh, previous to that? I mean, you guys were both D three guys. Would you wrestle about him? about eight times? Oh yeah, about eight times. He beat me the first time that year. That year, I came up from one sixty. He beat me the first tournament back. The same tournament the year before Top Hat that I beat the number four guy in the country was the same tournament I got upset by Tristan Warner the very next year. Hmm. at 160 so yeah interesting but then since then he didn't beat me and I was wrestled about eight times yeah that's nuts yeah so like Jordan in the 90s you go back to back with titles yeah. with the, with the uh, 2011 PIAA state tournament at 189 pounds this is kind of a teachable moment for your current athletes but how did you balance making jumps and weights each year but still have the success you did um Honestly, I think at, when I was 189, I could have been still 171, to be honest. Um, you have to lift. You definitely have to lift. And, you know, it, it, you have to be um, prepared. It's not the same ball game. It's not the same ball game. I have a little uh, – I wrestle like a smaller guy because I grew up wrestling as a small guy. And then I picked up weight. That season was that season was a bunch of, bunch of lessons. That was probably my, my, my favorite state title of them all just because so much was going on. I had a couple losses that year after being undefeated and running through, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. the season, going to Super 32, running through Super 32. And then I'm taking L's. And so uh, it's come back that year. I was I was predicted to win. And I, it, it was kind of was more relieving. It was more relieving that I won it because I was supposed to win it. You know what I mean? And that's that's kind of with my guys that hopefully, hopefully they don't have that mindset. Like you don't, you don't have to put that pressure on you. Like I thought I was supposed, if I didn't win it, that was a problem. And it was a problem, but that's what was so relieving about that, about that, that season. So, yep. Talking about you wrestling as a, or a lightweight, cause you know, you wrestled 135 and, and 160 and whatnot. Uh, it's kind of like Cole Mulhauser now he's, you he wrestled 145 last year and look at the jump he made up to, 182 pounds right now and his style is still kind of 145 pound style so oh, yeah that kid go ahead no i was saying that kid's great he stays right. in the weight room though he loves yeah. the weight room a lot more than i did <laughs> he loves the weight room a lot more than i did and i have i definitely have big plans for that guy definitely have big plans for that guy but he's doing he's doing wonderful with his weight jump and yeah. his dad this yeah. summer he just told me hey we're gonna get big and then they stuck to it they stuck to it and it, it's been working so, yeah, talking about the Pennsylvania State Tournament, um, Chad Snow, I'm, I'm sure he's told you stories, but, you know, he, he talks to me all the time about it, and he goes down to the, the PIAA State Tournament, I think, almost every year. Uh, but, yeah, that's, some, that's kind of on my bucket list to uh, experience what it's like to uh, watch wrestling down there. Yeah, you have to make sure you get down to the Giant Center uh, at one point. The last time I went to the um, 
the Giants Center was electric. It was when uh, DeSanto beat Spencer Lee. Oh, so that was, yeah, that was the last. Yeah, that was the last one. That was the last state tournament I've been to. Um, and I, man, so yeah, you got to get down there, man. You got to get down there. Ain't nothing like it. Yeah, that, that'll be on my bucket list. Uh, so on to your college career, you committed to the, the Ohio State University before your senior year of high school, being one of the top wrestlers in the 2011 class, also nationally ranked at your weight. What were some of the college choices that you had looked at? Um, I think Maryland was high up there. Um, Michigan, I, I got some letters from, I got, I got letters from a lot of schools, right? Um, but once Ohio State called, it was like, right, yeah, because that's where I always wanted to go anyway. That's where I always wanted to go. But being, you know, the, the 11th ranked overall college recruit, a lot of, I talked to a lot of schools, you know what I mean? A lot of, a lot of letters. Oh, yeah. and stuff like that but Ohio State was the main one that I pursued. So uh, in 2012 well 2011-2012 season uh, you redshirted for the Buckeyes right? Right yep. So then well, you- I actually actually had back surgery. I had oh. back surgery so I started yeah I started really behind I didn't really have a redshirt season at all. I had back surgery right out the gate um, so I was out for six seven months so not it was it was a redshirt season, but it wasn't a redshirt season. I didn't wrestle any matches that year, oh, or lift. That's there. unfortunate. Uh, so I mean, like your freshman year, uh, you're in and out of the lineup with CJ Mangrum at 184 pounds, and then moving up to your sophomore year, you went 32 and nine, finishing three and two at the NCAA tournament. You know how was how was that first experience being at that NCAA tournament? Well, that that tournament, that wasn't I wrestled my first tournament my sophomore year. Freshman year, freshman year, um Yeah, I that's ended up what, losing my wrestle. Yeah, your wrestle that? off was against Magrum, but you're uh yeah, you so your sophomore year you went three and two. Oh yeah, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, you know, you're good. Um, that was actually a pretty that was a pretty good tournament. I should have all American. That was the round of twelve that year. Uh I beat a kid that I lost to that season. I was wrestling good. I always wrestled good in March. Uh, just because how we train and how coach usually had us peaking for March. Um, I usually wrestle good. So I had a pretty good tournament. I lost to a kid from Brown um, to, to All-American, which hey, that used to haunt me, but it doesn't haunt me anymore. I'm, I'm past that. But that definitely would have been nice to get on the podium as a sophomore and sort of, you know, solidify myself a little bit more. But that, it was an okay tournament. It was all right tournament. So your junior year in 2015, you entered the NCAA tournament, knocking off the sixth seed Hayden Zilmer. Um, was this one was in an overtime? Was that the Super Duck match, or was that in the Russell Bash? Yeah, that was that was yeah that was the Super Duck match. Nice. Yeah, that was the Super Duck match. I remember watching that. I think I was actually in St. Louis for this. It was in St. Louis, right? Yeah, yeah. That was a crazy. That was a crazy. That was a crazy. St. Louis was crazy that year. That was amazing. Yeah, that was a good first round. I already when I got the draws, I wasn't um I didn't have a good year, but I knew I could beat any of those guys in the bracket because I beat everybody in that bracket already. Well, not everybody, but I had wins over a couple of those guys already. And that summer I teched Hayden Zilmer at Fila's or whatever or whatever. I already beat him. So when I seen the draw, I was like, whatever. I was like, let me get I hopefully I just don't have a um Hopefully, I just don't have anyone good first round or anyone. I didn't want. I didn't want like a Gabe Dean, someone that would make me push me right after Wayans. You know what I mean? I wanted just someone tough. I knew I could be anybody. 
especially after, you know, a couple, because it's three days, you know what I mean? So after you get that second win and whatnot, you're feeling good at when the second match of the day, you know, after it's not a two hour win anymore, it's like a 10 hour win. So I'm pretty much fresh. So when I got that, I got that seed. I was like, thank God. I was like, that's sweet. I was like, we're, we're good. But now they seed it all the way up to 32. Or 33. Or, right? They seed it up to 32. So if you, you have a bad season, you're lined up against, you know what I mean, the number one seed or whatever. I was like, no, thank God. Throw me in there random. Throw me in there random and we'll be, we'll be all right. Yeah. So, it worked out good for that you. That was the first. first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so absolutely. in the semis – in the semis, you wrestled Penn State's Matt McCutcheon. I believe you all you beat him in overtime as well, right? Yeah, that was the quarterfinals. 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 Or, yeah, quarterfinals. I'm sorry. Yeah, quarterfinals. You uh you beat Matt McCutcheon to earn All American to get the monkey off your back. Um, you know, tell us how that felt advancing to the semis, knowing that you were an All American for the first time. Uh, probably the greatest moment of my life, to be honest. The e e probably yeah best feeling moment of my life not because of of um because you know being an all American it was because how much I went through that year and how much complications I've had that year I came in ranked fourth in the country right and then I come in the tournament not seated yeah. so you know what I mean that's just that's crazy it's crazy came in fourth in the country go to the tournament unseated so the 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 roller coaster was real the roller coaster was real that year so that that meant everything and i felt like i deserved it i deserved that all the years i wrestled and, and all the time i put in, i deserved that that moment if it only happened once i definitely i definitely i'll remember that forever that was a great moment great moment yeah so you you went on to finish fifth place which was a huge role um you played a huge role in the 2015 ncaa team title that year for the buckeyes um, you know, how I, I read it in the book. I've got Chosen Suffering up on my wall right now from uh, Tom Ryan's book. And he mentions your name in it, you know, as of course, you've got guys like Logan Steber and Tomasello. You got Bo Jordan, uh, Kyle Snyder, but, you know, Kenny Courts, you, you did. You finally got that All-American. Um, you kind of were the one of the senior. You weren't a senior, but you were kind of the older guys on the group. Junior. You had a young group. Yeah. You know, how did how did that feel for um, doing that kind of for Ohio State? It felt great because it, the, those those guys that I was alongside, they lived, breathed, and slept the sport. And I loved the sport too, but I wasn't as dedicated as them at 21, 20. They thought, though, Nate Thomasella thought like a, a 30, 30 year old at 18. You know, not everybody's there in maturity at that time. So for me to be able, you know, to dial in and, and, and do what everybody knew I should have been doing, not even what I could have been doing, what I should have been doing. You know what I mean? When they, when they go and then I'm, I'm losing to people, but they know how good I'm and they're like scratching their head. They're like, come on, man. Like, come on. So it was, everything worked out when it was supposed to work out. I stepped up when I needed to step up. And, you know, it felt good to be able to do that for Coach Ryan more so than any, any of the guys because I felt like that was the, the guy that put his neck on the line for me the most, the absolute most, and in and, and all sorts of aspects. So that felt good. It felt good for myself, but it felt good for my family, my teammates, my, my coach. So it felt good for everybody. So your senior year, um, you know, kind of was the – the down year for yourself, just because you're facing a lot of things. I think you 
Yeah. You mentioned in an article that you came in like 30 pounds overweight. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, tell us about that season, like the, the difficulties that you had to uh, go through. Well, I was, so, I was, I was just so, I was so immature, man. So immature at that age. And um, yeah, I came in 30 pounds overweight and the whole season, I like, again, come in, ranked fourth in the country, fifth in the country, right? Second year row, being ranked top 10 in the country. Lose my wrestle off to a freshman. Like, another moment people are scratching their heads, you know what I mean? They're like, yo, what is he doing? So it just, so the two days before the wrestle off, I called Coach Ryan, I'm crying. I'm like, yo, I can't make weight. I'm like, Coach Ryan, I'm not making weight. I can't make weight. I'm 17 pounds over. This is two days before the, the wrestle off. He's like, you're making weight and you're going to wrestle. And then, and that was it, and that was it. So I, I, I lost all that weight, wrestled, and I looked like, I looked like shit to be honest. But um, yeah, it was a rough year. It was a down year. My head wasn't in it. I was, my head was into other things, and especially after, after that junior season, all that went on that year, the ups and downs, and I finally got that All American. I was like just relieved. It was just like okay thank god i got that done with and then the 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 senior year was just it just we just started back down that down that road in the beginning of that junior year and i just never i didn't have that tournament at the end it, you know boosted boosted up so it just turned out to be a bad year but it was it was a really bad year for me i went into the i went into the uh first match again though at at the national tournament it was a match that i wanted again again it was against Blake Stauffer. I got the fifth seed again. I got the fifth seed this time. Perfect. Blake Stauffer, I beat him before one and one. Thank God. Right. And uh, I actually lose to him. It was two one with 10 seconds left. So I, I could have actually still had the same magic at that tournament. But it just that that year just wasn't for me. And I didn't deserve it either. I didn't deserve it either. So. Yeah. So uh, you, you lose to him. And then in the Russellbacks, you lose six to four to. Bubba Scheffel of West Virginia. But, yeah, so, like, your season kind of reminds me. My buddy won a state title for Governor back in 2013. And, uh, you know, he had a pretty good college career. He was in All-America. Well, he lost in the blood round his sophomore and junior year. And, you know, he went into a senior year kind of in that slump where he was cutting too much weight to make 197. And and mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think he ended up wrestling his senior year just because – the, the love of the sport kind of shut him away because he didn't go to wrestling practice to learn and get better and, you know, be with your team. He, he went to lose weight so he can wrestle, you know, in competition. Yeah. So yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds me of that. And obviously he didn't have the success he wanted his senior year. Um, so it, it kind of pushed him away from the sport, which leads us to our next topic. Um, you know, you leave Ohio state, I believe you go to coach at Maryland for a year. Yep. So what led you to uh, going to coach at a Maryland under coach Kerry McCoy? That was honestly the greatest, greatest time period of my life, to be honest, as far as growing and maturing. Um, So like your, your buddy, um, I was done with wrestling, completely done with wrestling, done with the sport, cutting weight. I hated it. Cutting weight killed the sport for me. Didn't like it anymore. Didn't love it at all. Um, I actually moved down to Texas and got a, um, a sales rep job for Hershey. I, after, after that 
last national tournament, I said I'm not touching another treadmill for a long time. For a long time. I got big, I got fat. Um and and it turned out that the sales rep and all that stuff, the Hershey, it wasn't for me. Um, some things went wrong and I ended up back home and my uh son he's like a little brother to me. We've been wrestling together since we've been four or five. Uh Shaheen Brown, he wrestled for Maryland. And I was back home in Harrisburg, you know, just sort of figuring out my way. I was done with wrestling, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, you know. And uh, Shy called me, he said, Coach McCoy is like, yo, what's Kenny doing? Like, what? He's just home. What is he doing? So he called me up and he brought me on board. And I was like, I still, I still was burnt out. I said, yeah, coach, I'll come and coach and help. I said, but I don't, I don't want to compete. I don't, I'm, I have no, I have no, uh, no desire to compete. So from there, he had me there for, for a few years, for a year. And then I'm wrestling with the guys and stuff like that. And Coach McCoy is like, yo, you're competing. He's like, he said, there's no reason why you're not competing. He's like, you're going to compete. And it took me a year to get, get to it. And that, that man changed my life. He changed my life, man. He, he changed my life. And, and from there, it was all, it was up from there. Everything was up from there. So. Yeah. Yeah. We were, so Joel Bear and I, and uh, Carter, there was, might've been a few others. I think we were in Virginia beach for the nationals, or maybe it was uh, at the NCAAs and we were at a diner or a restaurant and Kerry McCoy was sitting at the table right next to us. And we managed to, you know, have a conversation with him, you know, with division one wrestling coaches sitting right there with his family, shooting the shit as you will. Um, you know, he's, yeah, he seemed like a great guy, just somebody that you can just go up to and, and talk to just like, kind of like what we did. So, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot about the wrestling community. Um, you know, last Kerry episode I talked about coach McFarland of Michigan and how we talked with him, but yeah. So, you uh you had your hands on Yusuf Amita at Maryland as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I love Yusuf. Yeah. Yeah, he's gonna be on the show shortly, but uh, um, because I've been talking. Yeah, make him make him talk about me a little bit. That was my guy, man. <laughs> that was my young, and I love I love those kids. I love working with Yusuf. He was tough. He 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 was another guy that had his head in the right places, right where I helped him out in different situations that weren't really that important to wrestling. But as far as wrestling came, his mind was all about getting, getting better. And that was always my problem. I had so much talent that it sort of let me get away with a lot of different things. But these guys like Yusuf and these young kids, like even like Mulhausers and Bears and these guys that, that want to work to, to become the best, I admire that so much at that that young age you know what I mean like he's at he's 20 20 years old and he's just he was just hungry so he was a joy he was a joy to work with um I still talk to him here and there um yeah I like Yusuf a lot yeah I'll definitely bring you up in that conversation uh, yeah so you put on the shoes again competing at the Bill Farrell International um was that when you were at Maryland or was that when you were at Ithaca uh that was that was when I was at Maryland that was when I was at Maryland at the Farrell. That was my first tournament back. And even before that tournament, it was sort of like the thing, like uh, I was trying to get my passport. And it was a rush to get it. And I was like, eh, I'll just wait. I mean, maybe I can wait a little bit to compete. And Kerry said that Kerry said there will never be a better, there will never be a perfect time to do something. Do it now. Like they never, you always will think, oh, I need to get in better shape or, oh, I need to do the, oh, I need to do the, right. All I 
Stephanie did. You know what I mean? Every You will always be able to make excuse. And he said that I got my passport and then I ended up showing out that tournament. And uh, I was up at 92 kilo, kilograms. I wasn't cutting weight. So I, I can, everybody knows that I can, I can wrestle with the best. Always have been able to. But it's just what's going on outside of wrestling. You know what I mean? What, how much weight is he cutting? What's he doing? Is he out? Is he, you know what I mean? So I changed out a lot of things in my life. Uh, I actually quit drinking for a long time um, and just focused in and got and got my life prioritized. And uh, yeah, that was the start. That was the start right there. And it was uh, it was definitely some good affirmation. I was like, okay, I'm I'm where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. That was a big tournament. Yeah, I mean, in the semis, you beat a junior world champ from Russia, Musil Alayev. You're down nine to nothing, but that uh, clip of you cement mixering him kind of went viral on Flow Wrestling back then. Um, right. Was it at that moment where you realized maybe I should, you know, further this wrestling thing and, you know, you're you're competing again? Oh, at, at that point, I was in it. I mean, as soon as that happened, that was like, okay. Then it, but that's how things happen when you're doing the right things. You know what I mean? Stuff like that's just how the world works, right? I needed that at that moment. You know, everything I've been through, and and I was working hard. So yeah, after that, I was like, yeah. And then, and then I I was winning the finals match, too. You know what I mean? So I real in reality, I should have won this tournament after not wrestling for two years. You know what I mean? Just hopping yeah. out. I, first tournament back in two years, I should have won this tournament. So I'm people. It's just like, damn. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I've been back, but now I'm really back. So, so uh, yeah, that the, was nice. Was your next tournament at Maryland, or when when did he did you decide to go to Ithaca to compete and help coach there at Cornell? So yeah. So um, after that um. The U.S. Open, I didn't have that good of a U.S. Open tournament. I ended up spraining my LCL. I, I had a couple uh, bad, bad losses, and um, something happened at Maryland. And this is just how life works. Something happened in Maryland. Uh, the donors, uh, something was weird, and we just didn't have the funding. And I also needed to go to a place, uh, where, you know I mean, with a little bit better competition and stuff like that. A couple of the guys were graduating. And so it was the time for me, time for me to move on. And then J.O. gave me a call. He was like, hey, come out. And then Coop was there, Corey Cooperman. And then uh, I just came, went out there, checked it out. I talked to Rob and he got me, got me situated. And then again, from there, up, upward trajectory. It's been upwards since Gary. It was up. It was upward trajectory. So that was, that was good. And then I was in Ithaca with those freaks. Man, those those boys, they can wrestle their asses up, wrestle their asses off in uh in Cornell. So that was definitely a good move for me. Yeah, what uh I think you you took uh silver at the Cerro Palado, I believe, while you were at Cornell. Yeah, right? in Cuba. Yep, yeah, that was in Cuba, yep. Yeah, so uh let's let's talk about your coaching career at Greenhouse. What I mean, you were living in Ithaca. What uh what brought you up to Watertown, New York? Uh, I was training I was training one of the um the parents that uh um uh not own but were running greenhouse and keeping it running was coaching one of his, his his son and um i was doing a good job and he had a, he had some good success and he seen i was a good person and he said hey why don't you you know come up and run this club and i was like yeah you know i wasn't really into that i was into college wrestling i was working with 
Ben Hannes and a couple guys, and I just um just placed top eight at the U.S. Open. So I'm no, I'm like no, I don't I don't want to do that. And then uh, I ended up breaking my foot a month before the U.S. Open. I'm like, fuck, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So I'm like, I was only wrestling until 2020. You know, I, I, would, I wasn't one of those people that are like, I'm going to just keep on wrestling until I'm wrestling. I was like, no, I'm going to be realistic. I'm going to give this, I'm going to give it to 2020. I'm going to try my all, give it my all, give it to 2020. Break my foot before the 2020 US Open. So he was like, hey, you want to come up and, and coach and we'll, I'll teach you about business and, and whatnot. I was like, yeah, sure. And then so I, the first year I coached with a broken foot um, and I just recently got surgery. But, uh, yeah, so I came up here and coached and then and it's it's been great ever since. Taking some adjusting, but it's it's been great. Yeah, the club yeah. seems to be growing from its beginning days before you had arrived uh, with it having a strong representation from the schools in the Frontier League as well as the Syracuse area with uh, Mulhauser and a few of the Fulton guys coming up as well as Section 10. Uh, but you're starting to add more of the youth kids in the into the room, which helps with long-term development of the the younger guys. You know, you have your hands on them longer. Uh, what is it? What does a normal practice week look like? Uh, well, we just added in. Um, we just added in an extra day, so now it's a, it, it varies a little more. But usually, we did um, on our feet the first day, and then we're on the mat the second day, and the third day is more intensity drilling. But now I make sure that we add more wrestling on the mat on our on our third and fourth day. Um, but we're still on our feet. We're still on the mat. Um, and then we work some like, uh, you know, getting your butt to the center, some different shot finishes, big on shot finishes, big on escaping um, and mat wrestling. Um, that's what I like to emphasize uh, week by week. And just make sure that we get all those in every single week, especially on the bottom, because that's where we, we struggle the most. Yes. Yeah, so yes. you have you have a few high school teams traveling to Virginia Beach um, in a dual meet tournament in a few weeks, I believe March 7th. The guys have been practicing and putting in the work together for a while now. And this is one of the first events which Team Kenny Courts Greenhouse Wrestling Club is competing at as far as the team goes. How important is it for you guys to compete as a team? It's it's very important. It's very important, and it's um it actually sounds sounds good when you say it that way. Kenny Court's greenhouse stream. It, it's it's awesome. I mean, it's it's important for us to. That's the most important thing. What it's about. It's important that we're wrestling together. As far as results, we're using this as a tune up. I don't. I, don't, I just want to see where we're at, so then we can make these adjustments for states. Uh, but it's great to get together, and I can start creating this bond because. I come, I come in, boom, and then it's COVID, right? So I'm there for four months, move up here four times, and then it's COVID. So it's like, all right, now I'm trying to put teams together. I can't put teams together. My good guys are already on teams. I've only been up here for four months. I can't tell my guys, oh, yeah, you got to wrestle for me or I'm, I'm done coaching you, right? I'm not one of those guys. So now we finally have we're able to get teams together and whatnot and we're able to uh buckle down and start traveling together so this is this is actually the start of something great this is the start of something great because i plan to travel um travel a lot with my guys now this driving is a different story <laughs> i'm gonna figure that out but we definitely have to travel and hit and hit all these tournaments nhsea 
um, and HSCA duels, right? I want to I want to really get my guys out there because we have to see we have to see the good competition. We can't go. I always tell them we're not looking we're not looking to beat the guys around here. That's not what we're training for. So when you take a half-ass shot or your finishes aren't sharp and it's old because it works here, that's not the standard. And so it's good that we're going and traveling and we're meeting, we're, we're meeting up with uh, different, different states and different teams. So. Yeah, I love it. You have a good contingent of around 15 to 20 guys traveling to the New York State Tournament in Pennsylvania in April. Studs like nationally ranked Cole Mulhauser and Carter Bear as well as guys like Nate Wade, Aiden Poe, Booth, Way, Haycook, Hardy, um, and, you know, the list goes on. But how great is it to be represented in the way you are for this tournament? You're putting North Country on the map. Thank you, man. Thank you. It's good It's good to hear that because the guy on the, – the person on Twitter that said, hey, why don't you get Kenny Quartz up there? I Maybe I do know who that is. I didn't see who it was really, but I didn't really look too much. But I was like, yeah, that's, that's dope. I was like, because I don't really – you know what I mean? Talk about myself too much or scream out in water channel. Hey, look what we're doing over here. So it's, it's actually nice to see that, you know, people are, are noticing that. Um, and also I've, I'm new to the area, so I really don't know what's a good representation. I don't know how many guys, you know, uh, Volgar's team or, you know, the good, the top guys, I don't know how many guys they have represented or how many possible state champions. So to hear that, that is, um, is a good representation is, is, is a good thing to hear. I know I have my really, I have my studs that um, have been doing a great job at progressing. Um, but it, those other guys you're going to have to watch out for too, because we're definitely going to be ready. So it's, it's, it's good. And it's going to be even better when we have this, you know, dual tournament, we, uh, we, we clean some things up and we'll be ready for States more so then than ever. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see these boys, uh, go and go and show off at this tournament at that tournament here coming soon so talking about the greenhouse uh the facility you guys are competing at or practicing at right now is pretty nice uh i've been there a few times i think maybe once when you were there but a few times coaching or helping coach you know during that transition between you and the last guy you know is the new facility in the works still i knew that talks about having a new facility yeah the new facility is in the works i uh some days I'm like, man, you didn't, we don't really need to do that. And then other days I'm like, man, we really need to do that. So it, it is coming here soon. I can't give you months or, or weeks, but it's coming soon and it's going to be a beauty. It's going to be a beauty. So I'm, I'm blessed with this opportunity and um, it's, it's mutual, right? I'm blessing the area, but oh, yeah. I'm also being blessed with this, with this opportunity. You know, new, new facility. The facility I got is even more than. I mean, some people dream of as their first club, you know, so new facilities coming and it's nice. So as you mentioned, you, I mean, you were, have you been up here for like a year and uh, you know, you're getting your name out there more and more in the wrestling world up here, but you've already brought guys in like PD three and miles Martin. What can we expect with the new facility, you know, with camps, um, you know? Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's going to blow up. This COVID really, honestly, this COVID really kind of messed up the the mojo. But we're we're back in action, and the guys are starting to come back. That took a little breaks. My my very dedicated guys stayed around, but um, when this COVID thing is over, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be loaded with camps. I have a lot of connections and guys that I've already talked to 
talked to Dig, I talked to Yanni, I talked to the top guys up here and they they were down to come up and and I got I got all my other wrestling friends too. So it's going to be good. It's really going to be great for the area. And that's honestly where we're going to benefit a lot because I really have some good connections and to bring them up here and have them show love to this area and we can get the best guys up here. That's going to be amazing. They're going to love that. You know, they're going to love that. And I can have these guys, they'll, they'll do favors for me. They'll come up for me. And so it's, it's really for just the guys. Like it's not for, you know, being profit or nothing like that. We just want to get these guys up here and, and, you know, ex- expose these guys to them. So it's going yeah, to be good. Good things to look forward to. Growing up, um, we had – or Mitch Clark kind of had – you know, he was out of college at that time, and he brought in guys like uh, Steve Mako, Jesse Jansen, Tommy Rollins, uh, Blake Kaplan. Uh, same with Johnny okay. Clark. You know, all their, their connections that they had with their Ohio State guys, you know, back then, and even other guys that were nationally uh, recognized – uh, we had a wrestling, it was called Mitch Clark's boot camp, but it was at Clarkson University up in Potsdam. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we kind of had that up here and it was really nice. It was something cool, but none of these kids have experienced something like that. Uh, moving on. No, though, yeah. It's about, yeah, it's about that time, man. It's going to, it's going to heat up. We just got to get over this COVID thing and we can start having, start having camps. That's all we're waiting for. That was a big thing that I had planned coming up here was the camps cannot wait to start running camps and getting these guys. So once they're going to definitely get that exposure, even my younger guys, um, my peewees are going to get to see their favorite, their favorite athletes. They're, they're, they're superheroes. They're, you know what I mean? Yeah. I love it. Um, so last few questions I've got to ask, um, in a few months when the snow is gone, what's the first Adirondack mountain that you're going to put on your list of hike? (sighs) Wow, man, you don't do me like that. Yeah, why not? Do me like that, man. Oh, man. There's one. I I can't give you the name of it. I'm not, I can't give you the name of it. Oh, okay. The first one I'm going to complete is pitch off. It's pitch off. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get up the top of that one. I um or to the summit or the peak or whatever you guys call it. I'm a new hiker. Um, I didn't get up to it. I actually got. I was about an hour away or thirty minutes away. And we got caught in the dark. It was pitch black. Uh, my headlamp didn't have any batteries in it. The guy at the store told me it came with batteries and it was it was charged up, ready to go. And we get up there and it's pitch black. So we had to turn around. I had a friend with me and they were scared. So we, we had to turn back. But that's the first one I'm going to do. That's uh, and then, that's huh? Balanced Rocks, isn't it? Balanced Rocks? Yes, Balanced Rocks. Yeah, so yeah. we've seen the Balanced Rocks and I took the wrong turn. Right. And so I went to I went to the wrong one and, and it took me took me to a different summit that was substantially farther. So I want to do that. And but what I really want to do is I want to do like a 10 mile plus. That's what I want to get into the longer hikes. So everything's huh? Mount Marcy. Mount Marcy. Yeah. yeah that'd Put that be, on your that'd list. That would be a good one. I did I did one of the um summits of Mount Mar. Or one of those, I think Mount Vol Volvern something. I did one of those, but there's there's three different peaks there, right? Yeah, you did Mount Van Hovenberg. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah possibly. very nice, very nice mountains uh, in the Adirondacks, though. A lot of choose from. Now you got to take me. You got to take me with the guys. Come yeah, on, yeah I, definitely. I will. What I want to do. I that sounds go with good. The guys. All right. Um, so the last question, and it's wrestling related. You already have one former Greenhouse guy competing in D1, which is Micah Rose at Binghamton University. 
Well, you know, with a group of studs that you have training at Kenny Court's Greenhouse Wrestling Club, moving on to college in the next few years, what is a piece of advice that you would give them? Uh, for this, for this North North County region, or or guys going off into college, like guys going into college and advice about going into Division One wrestling. Yeah, like guys like Molhauser and and Baylor yeah. and Wade and Poe and all them. Um, focus, focus for these four years because. And I sound like a broken record. And I sound like everybody that came in the wrestling room and talked to us at Ohio State. You won't be. It's won't. This isn't forever. This isn't for. But it's not forever. It's not forever. So you need you need to focus on these four years and 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 get done what you need to get done because you won't be able to go back and get it done. So that's what I encourage. And I'm blessed to have these guys like Michael Rose. He's a saint, right? I he, I wasn't thinking like him at 17. I was just starting to think like him when I was 25 years old, you know? So Mohausen, he wants to be an anesthesiologist, right? Carter Berry is a workhorse. So I, I'm blessed to have these guys that when they go to college, they're going to be all focused anyway, you know? But that's one bit of advice that I could have is just, you know, don't get consumed with, with college, with the college life. Be consumed in, in what matters right then, and that's wrestling and school. So that's, that's the advice that I give to them and my guys, my D1 guys that are getting ready to go off to D1, and I, I hope to have some more. I'm going to help, you know, ingrain that and sort of, you know, teach them from my faults and, and the lessons I learned the hard way so they don't have to. Yeah, that's awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? No, man, just uh, just keep on the watch for Greenhouse, and and thank you guys for having me up here. You guys show me, show me a lot of love, a lot of love up here. And um, it's been great. And hopefully I can build, build up this area, build up this area. So, yeah, thanks again for having me on. I appreciate you and what you guys are doing up here. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kenny. See you later. All right. See you. And that's a wrap for episode 19. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this episode was a lot of fun. Kenny's doing huge things up here in Watertown, New York. We're pretty grateful to have someone of his caliber up here teaching our youth. You know, he's putting the North Country back on the map. You can follow along more with uh, Quartz Greenhouse Wrestling Club on Facebook, which is at Greenhouse Wrestling Club. Or you can go to their Instagram page, which is Quartz underscore Greenhouse WC. Uh, you know, he, he keeps it up to date, put some content up there. If you've liked this episode, give it a five-star rate and review on Apple Podcast. As always, give it a like, give it a share on social media. Uh, it really means a lot. Uh, we'll be back. Later this week with an EIWA preview. Peace.